to another episode of 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you guys for listening to another episode. And before we get started, just want to let you guys know what's been going on with me. Uh, been out of town for about a week helping some family. Uh, I am now back in town. Wasn't feeling good, so went to the doctor yesterday, and they had uh, one of those 10-minute results uh, Rona test, and I am tested positive for COVID-19. So. If I will attempt my best to not cough uh, or any other shit uh, going on, but I got myself a little two-week vacation, uh, if you want to call it that. So I am contemplating about maybe releasing some miniature episodes, uh, maybe some videos on social media, uh, just basically so I won't be bored because there's so much, only so much shit I can do in my house uh, before I just lose my fucking mind. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the house rules. Uh, that's why this episode is out a little late uh, because uh, the shit had to do with family and then not feeling too well. So all that just compiled onto a big shit sandwich. And yet again, here I am releasing another episode that's late. I do apologize to y'all, but here it is. I hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. I hope you had a great Freedom Day. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the house rules. If you haven't already checked out our social media, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, we're going to be releasing videos and shit there. Uh, I'm Again, we are on Facebook under the number 2A Lifestyle. On Instagram, 2 is spelled out. That's T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Uh, and also, go ahead and check us out on Patreon. Uh, if you like this show, I greatly appreciate any support you guys can give the show. Uh, and, you know, you know, every little bit helps. Uh, it pays to have the show published. Uh, it pays for additional stuff uh, that we uh, can do. Go to sh- you know, go to trade shows, shot shows coming up. Uh, you know, it's only six months away. It'll be here before we know it. We're gonna try and go to that this year. So there's gonna be a lot of cool shit we're gonna try and do uh, that y'all are going. You know, it help it helps ease the financial burden uh, for me anyway on doing that stuff by myself. This is when y'all support the show. So with that, check out our Patreon on 2A Lifestyle. Any help you give us, I greatly appreciate it. Also, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And also, leave us a review if you can, because it's the best way for people to find gun-related content when they're looking for gun-related podcasts. So any help that you guys can give us there is greatly appreciated. Uh, And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into our main segment. I don't want to ruin this one. segment what we're going to be talking about first is actually uh charlie daniels i'm sure y'all have heard he has passed uh and he is kind of the quintessential boomer for guns but charlie daniels has done a lot for the second amendment and i feel it's important that we should talk and just recognize that he's passed uh charlie daniels was a huge musician of course, he wrote uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. I actually met Charlie Daniels once one time uh, when I worked security at one of his concerts uh, locally. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy, and, uh, you know, it was funny when we met him. Uh, you know, we asked the stage manager if we could meet Charlie Daniels, and uh, the guy said, well, you know, he's pretty busy and all this other kind of shit, and some dipshit next to me says, yeah, but we have guns. And uh, the fucking stage manager says, yeah, but something you don't realize is Charlie Daniels has got guns too. Uh, So Charlie Daniels was a great uh, proponent for the Second Amendment. He did a lot for the Second Amendment, Um, mainly with the NRA, obviously, uh, you know, kind of being boomerish. He was a huge proponent for the NRA. So uh, definitely kind of sucks that Charlie Daniels died. Uh, also was a, a big fan of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Uh, living in the South, I can't tell you how many fucking times I've heard that song. So just rip Charlie Daniels. Sucks that he died. Uh, like I said, he did a lot for the Second Amendment community, so it's important. I think that we should mention that. Next article is actually going to be coming to us from the Farms blog, and this was posted yesterday. This is the end of an era, uh, is what the title states. No more Glock Gen 4 guns. 40 Smith & Wesson will go to Gen 5, which this was interesting because when they came out with Gen 5, they didn't um, 
build any 40 caliber Smith and Wesson firearms in this uh, gen, new Gen 5. And a lot of people, I remember when this first happened, kind of thought this might be the end for 40 Smith and Wesson because, uh, you know, it is an obsolete caliber. Most law enforcement agencies are going away from the 40 Smith and Wesson. Uh, there are a lot of people that you know sold their 40 Smith and Wesson guns. Uh, you know the 40 Smith and Wesson. Uh, there's still a lot of used 40 Smith and Wesson Glocks out there, and there's going to constantly, you know, there's going to be uh, forever uh, a ton of 40 Smith and Wesson Glocks out there that people can buy for cheap uh, when they're looking for their first firearm. And that's something that I uh, recommend to a lot of people that don't have a lot of money, but they're looking for a good, reliable gun, and they're looking for something to, uh, you know, use for self-defense and for home protection and to carry uh, for themselves. Uh, but you know, trying to obviously kind of maybe steer away. Fuck, sorry. Stay away from. Uh, cheaper guns that aren't as proven platforms. Uh, I always try and recommend to them to go buy a law enforcement surplus uh, Gen 3, sometimes Gen 4, uh, 40 Smith & Wesson Glock. Well, now there's no more Gen 4 guns being manufactured in any calibers. They're all going to be manufactured in Gen 5s. And the reason the Glock is stating this is uh, because they wanted to give law enforcement agencies that are still using 40 caliber Smith & Wesson as a duty round uh, the options uh, and the benefit features of a Gen 5 Glock. So that's something that is going on and just thought that was interesting especially when we kind of thought how 40 Smith & Wesson being a dead caliber when Glock decided to not make any new Gen 5s in Smith & Wesson 40. Well now they're, they're doing it. So. Uh, next article also comes to us from the firearms blog. Now this is something I'm going to be posting on my website uh, and my social media. I'm sorry, on my social media, not my website. I haven't got my website up and running quite yet. But this comes to us from the firearms blog as well. This is posted yesterday, and uh, the title is Hops. Uh, gives videos on how to clean firearms maintenance and tips. Now I think this is very interesting uh, because I tell you. And most of the guns that people had me look at, uh, you know, to look, you know, to try and fix and to see what's wrong with them because, uh, you know, they don't want to pay, you know, gunsmith prices. And I do a lot of favors for people uh, that know I'm a gun guy. So they ask, you know, hey, we take a look at my gun. Something's not wrong. Either it's got, uh, you know, they don't know what it's called, but it's either. Uh, light primer strikes uh, or uh, not cycling correctly, things of that nature. And a lot of times it's cleaning issues. Uh, and I think this is very important just because of the fact that uh, you'd be surprised how many fucking people don't know how to properly clean their guns. Um, great example of this is uh, a AR-15 class I took oh, fuck five or six years ago now. Uh, and somebody had an AR-15 and they've already shot like two or three cases through the AR-15 and they didn't know how to disassemble their bolt carrier group. So, you know, this bolt carrier group that they had uh, and they just learned how to disassemble it in the class uh, was this fucking filthy. It was disgusting. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of people, uh, another lot of things that I see, especially with light primer strikes, is that a lot of people, they'll put so much you know, fucking oil and shit on their slides that the oil will uh, seep into the uh, the firing pin area of their firearms and when they're shooting or just uh, carrying it, uh, lint or carbon gets up in there and it gunks up with the oil and it prevents the uh, firing pin from going all the way forward. So I've had to completely disassemble uppers and completely clean that out. And then again, I'd show them this is what, you know, this is where you need to put oil. Just, you know, little bits here, little bits there uh, and shit like that. And that fixes problems. Uh, so this is a, a great article I'm going to be putting on social media. And I think this is, uh, you know, something that a lot of people don't realize, especially if they're new to guns. And there are a ton of new gun owners out there. Uh, as we're going to be talking about again, and we've talked about in previous episodes with the record numbers of guns being purchased by people all throughout the country due to circumstances in the country. Uh, and it's something I think it's important. Uh, check it out on our website whenever, or on our social media, uh, whenever we're going to be posting that.
Uh, and of course, the next article comes to us from MLN, and it is about uh, gun sales. Uh, June 2020 unit sales soar once more. Uh, the small arms analytics and forecasting estimates that June 2020 U.S. firearm unit sales at 2 million three, uh, basically 2. Point, just shy of 2.4 million units, uh, which is a year-over-year increase of 145 percent from June of 2019. So again, you're looking at another humongous uptick of uh, firearms being purchased in the United States. And of course, uh, it's got to do with numerous things. It's got to do with uh, coronavirus. It's got to do with riots. It's got to do uh, with people having less trust in police and they want to be able to be responsible for their own safety. Uh, So you have a lot of this going on and it's fueling uh, the fire in regards to firearm sales. And this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, This next article, uh, I thought this was really cool. It actually uh, comes to us from Ballistic Mag and this was released on June 26th and the NSSF releases data on highest selling guns so far in 2020. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, and with uh, guns being sold in record numbers, uh, makes you wonder what are people out there buying. Um, and I'm just going to kind of go on, and this is all going to be for under the age of 50. Uh, they break it down between under age 50 and ages 50 to 99. I'm just going to be going under the age of 50. Uh, top 10 revolvers you got the Ruger Wrangler, Colt Python. Smith & Woods 642, Heritage Arm Rough Rider Revolver, uh, Ruger GP100, Ruger, uh, Smith & Wesson 629, Ruger Blackhawk, uh, another Heritage Arms Rough Rider, uh, Taurus 856, and a Smith & Wesson 686+. Plus. Uh, when you're looking at top 10 semi-auto pistols, uh, you're looking at 6-hour 320, uh, the Glock 19, Spring, Spring, bleh, Springfield Hellcat. You have the 6-hour P365, uh, Beretta M9A3, Smith & Wesson M9 Shield, Springfield XEM, uh, Glock Gen 19-4, or Gen 4, a Glock 43, and a Beretta 92FS. Uh, and then, of course, you have top 10 semi-automatic rifles. Uh, you got the Ruger AR556, Keltec Sub-2000, which is kind of surprising. Smith & Wesson M&P-15, Smith & Wesson M&P-15 uh, Sport 2, uh, Smith & Wesson M&P Sport 2, Springfield Saint, Diamondback Farms DB15, a Ruger 1022, Ruger PC Carbine, and a Ruger 1022 Carbine. Uh, and of course all those are for the under the ages of 50. Uh, and a lot of these are you know, pretty much the same along the lines of ages 50 to 99 as well. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I just thought that would be a cool little statistic to point out as well. Uh, and the next article comes to us from MLN as well and it goes on to say the record-breaking American arms race of 2020 means one thing you loot we shoot and it's kind of a boomer title I will say Uh, but I mean obviously it does show that the main you know people are fucking dumb if they think the reason for all these uh, gun sales isn't because of what's going on in the country uh, and people are wanting to protect themselves and you're seeing this on the news all throughout uh, demonstrations uh, riots whatever it may be you're seeing a lot of these people are uh, you know having guns protecting businesses protecting homes uh, protecting demonstrators uh, protecting counter demonstrations all this kind of shit uh, it's it's very interesting and very odd times uh, and with that uh, this kind of goes on into the next article and it comes to us from CNN uh, and this article is and if you haven't seen this video uh, crawl out from your fucking rock and go look it up on YouTube uh, the title is St. Louis couple pulls firearms and protests cutting through their private street uh, and if you haven't seen this video it's very interesting and very telling um, and a little backstory about this is that a bunch of Black Lives Matter uh, and probably Antifa protesters uh, went to the St. Louis mayor's residence to uh, protest uh, police brutality is what they want to call it. Uh, protest police brutality in St. Louis. Uh, and the St. Louis mayor, they live in a gated community uh, with a private street. Now, the protesters uh busted down a wrought iron gate uh, to gain access to this. 
and when they were going down the street, uh, you know, after busting down the wrought iron fence, going down the private street to go to the St. Louis mayor's home, this couple came out and they uh, were armed. One guy was armed with an AR-15 style rifle, uh, and uh, the lady was armed what appeared to be a silver Bursa, uh, you know, probably 380, and uh, they have gained gained news attention worldwide. Uh, they have been memed to death. There's actually fucking t-shirts made now about what's going on with them. Uh, called, you know, someone that says run up, get done up. And this fucking guy, his uh, salmon colored shirt uh, and his khakis uh, are, you know, pretty funny. You know, when I first saw this, uh, I actually was in uh, a gun group uh, chat that I'm a part of. And I was thinking, well, shit, you know, I guess, like, I thought this was, like, some weird kind of 80s movie, uh, you know, being still shots of, of what they were doing because the way this fucking guy was dressed and the way he was holding uh, his Air 15 rifle. Uh, but then it came out that, no, this guy was, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> protecting his property. Um, and, of course, the woman... Uh, she was seen as eccentric and she was seen as uh, kind of uh, menacing as well um, where she was actually had her finger on the trigger and she was pointing the gun at protesters walking on the private street uh, she was actually seen walking up to the protesters uh, to tell them to stay off uh, her driveway all this other kind of stuff and these two individuals are actually personal injury attorneys uh, they are, are not poor by any means of the imagination. Uh, their home actually was featured in a uh, magazine in there in St. Louis where they did like a $1.12 million renovation to their house. And there's pictures of their house in there. And it's a fucking extravagant, beautiful home. And uh, so these people are not poor by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, only the videos that you're seeing are from one perspective, and it's the perspective from the protesters. Uh, there's been some reports that some of the protesters themselves were armed. Uh, and of course, you know, what these people saw was they saw a large group of people walking down their private street in, you know, just to be fucking fair and, and honest. And when you purchase that kind of home, and you purchase, you know, I'm sure they have outrageous homeowners association fees, uh, you know, to keep up with the streets because, like I said, it's a private street. It's not a public street. So, to, you know, fill in potholes and shit like that, you know, that's where those homeowners fees come in. You expect to have some sort of privacy and protection. Um, whatever the fucking security guard was doing whenever... Uh, the protesters broke down the security gate. Why he didn't call the police? Who fucking knows? Uh, you know, it's something interesting that I would be curious about. Uh, and a lot of people are calling for the arrest of these people. And a lot of the people on the internet are shitting on these people. Like I said, they were made memes. Uh, you know, the, the amount of memes that came into it on the first day after this shit happened... Uh, was ridiculous. And this article was published on June 29th, uh, so it actually occurred a couple weeks ago, well, about a week and a half ago now. Um, the protesters eventually did end up going to the St. Louis mayor's house uh, and do a little demonstration there. They ended up leaving. Uh, there was no property damage except for the wrought iron fence. Uh, there was nobody injured. Nobody was arrested. Uh, even though those people were, you know, Trespassing. I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. They were trespassing. Um, and the woman, honestly, just, you know, thinking in kind of my own little uh, legal mind that I, I have, honestly, the woman is the only person I could think of uh, that probably would be arrested for menacing uh, because, uh, you know, she, she pointed the firearm at people. Uh, she walked up to them with the firearm pointed at them. She had her finger on the trigger to show intent. Um, the guy, he had better muzzle discipline, uh, but I guarantee you he flagged uh, people as well just because the way he was holding it, he wasn't holding it uh, low ready or uh, up in the air as you you know some sportsmen do with their rifles. Uh, he was holding it 
out to the side and he was you know walking around a little bit himself uh, but you know you don't actually at least what the videos I saw I didn't see any uh, instance where he was pointing a firearm at somebody but uh, you know to me the woman herself could be uh, the only one that could be arrested for what she did because what she did she did point a firearm at people she did approach those protesters with the firearm pointed at them, her finger on the trigger, uh, you know, menacingly. Um, and the reason I'm kind of having this uh, story following the others is because, you know, a lot of people are saying this is why you need firearms training. And, and you're right, this people do need to have firearms training. Uh, it doesn't need to be required because this, and this is something I've heard a lot of people talk about and I 100% agree with it. And, you know, the reason. I'm saying it now is because I'd only do an every other week show, uh, but, <coughs> oh shit, sorry, but, um, so the only reason I'm saying this now is because I only got every other week show, but this is your average gun owner. Um, I guarantee you that these people bought these guns probably soon after all this shit started, uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm interested, and I would be interested in seeing like political donations uh, if these people went to political rallies for one party or the other uh, because you know st. Louis is not a very conservative bastion of politics uh, it is somewhat liberal nowadays and I wonder especially if these people are living in the neighborhood with the mayor I'm sure they are politically affluent in um, you know with politicians I wonder what politicians they were affluent with uh, and that's something else that I imagine that a lot of these people don't understand is that they are effectively destroying their gun control agenda for years to come with their behavior in this. Uh, they are uh, attacking them because they had what were considered you know a scary quote-unquote assault weapon and they used it to defend you know defend themselves. Um, now you know the one qualm that I have for these people uh, is that they decided to leave their house and stand on their driveway uh, you know, at that point in time, it's just like the guy that uh, shot in, uh, shot the Antifa protester with the skateboard in New Mexico. Uh, you know, at the beginning, he was the aggressor because he approached those protesters and he was the initial aggressor. He retreated. Uh, and at that point in time, when the protesters followed him, when he began to retreat, he was fine. Uh, but that's kind of the same thing that these people did as well, is they, um, they went outside to, I guess you could say, confront these protesters. And, and that's something else that you can hear on the video, is that they're yelling at them uh, to stay off their driveway, stay out, you know, like fucking Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, get off my lawn, that kind of shit. Um, you know, uh, at, and looking at Missouri's self-defense laws, and this is something that I've had uh, numerous people argue with, and I'm not, you know, any sort of uh, self-defense expert in Missouri, uh, because shit, I, I've never, well, I take that back, I've driven through there, but I've never been there to, you know, or live there. Uh, but in the Missouri self-defense laws, uh, you are allowed to protect yourself and you are allowed to protect your dwelling. Uh, you are not allowed to protect uh, your property. So if, you know, if somebody is just uh, you know, fucking up your lawn uh, with a pickaxe, you're not allowed to go out there and shoot them because of self-defense laws. Uh, you are allowed to defend yourself if they're using that pickaxe to bust down your door or to break inside your window or any other kind of shit like that. Or even if you're in your car. Uh, if you're in your car, you're allowed to defend uh, somebody if somebody's trying to break inside your car with you in it. Uh, but if you are on your property standing outside and somebody just walks up to you especially uh, you know a lot of protesters that you did see in these videos did not have any firearms if you just you know have a protester walking up to you in your home uh, you know to, towards you uh, you know 
And if these fucking people would have shot them, uh, they probably would have got charged with murder. But they are not being charged with anything as of yet, which I guarantee you they won't because um, they're both personal injury attorneys. Uh, They seem to be pretty fucking good at it by the looks of their house. And uh, they, you know, if you are an attorney or if you know attorneys, uh, attorneys are, you know, kind of like a big uh, clique. So if the city wanted to charge these people, I guarantee you that these people would probably, uh, through some legal maneuver, uh, be found not guilty, and they would sue the ever-loving fuck out of St. Louis, and they would probably win. Um, I understand that you know municipalities have a lot of uh, resources at their disposal in regards to defending themselves in regards to lawsuits like this. Uh, but looking at these people's resources they have with their house, uh, I imagine they have a pretty vast amount of wealthy resources as well. And they have a lot of attorney friends that can continue to be their legal defense or their civil defense uh, further on after that as well. So I don't expect these people to be charged at all. Uh, But that's something that with all these first-time gun buyers out there, uh, this is what they are going to look like when they first use their firearm. Uh, this these people, you know, they have refused any interviews. They've refused any comments on what's going on. They've disconnected their house phone. They've disconnected their law office's phone. Uh, so they, you know, are not giving any sort of statement on this. But I'd be interested to know how long they've had these firearms. Um, you know, it, the the AR-15 style rifle he used looked like an old. Uh, just an A2 uh, style AR-15, uh, you know, with a front uh, fixed front sight, uh, fixed carry handle sight, fixed stock. Uh, you had the full length uh, hand guard on there. Uh, you know, it looks like a, an M16 from like the first Desert Storm. So, uh, you know, it's nothing fancy. So, I, you know, I wonder how long he's had that. And then the same thing with the, his old lady in, in the Bursa that she has. Uh, you know. Uh, wonder why she's got a bursa uh you know uh, is that something that they just all they could find at a fucking pawn shop uh you know because they decided to buy guns late into uh all this pandemic buying that's been going on uh during you know since march when gun sales have just gone you know through the roof and set records every single fucking time who knows uh, I'd be interested to see what that is and see if that's the case. Uh, but, you know, that's something that we as experienced gun owners need to think about whenever we have these people out here being first-time gun buyers. Uh, we need to offer to take them to the range. We need to offer them, uh, you know, a, at least the basics amount of training in regards to the firearm safety rules, uh, to treat guns with respect, uh, to not just kind of flippantly point guns at people uh, in regards to shit like that. And there's another uh, case about this as well where a couple was charged uh, out of uh, Michigan where you had a uh, man and wife uh, who were being accosted. Well, and of course, the video is only showing one perspective, uh, but the uh, man and wife were being accosted uh, by two black women like when they are leaving a restaurant uh, the the wife uh, is being prevented from entering the van. Uh, finally, she does get inside the van. So does the husband. Uh, when they attempt to leave in their van, uh, one of the black women are, is standing behind the van uh, trying to prevent them from backing up. He continues to back up, and uh, the woman's claiming that she got hit, all this kind of stuff. And then finally, the woman... You know, had enough shit, and she stepped out of the van with with a handgun and was pointing it at the woman that was recording them the whole time. Uh, and the uh, police got involved, and they were both arrested. And the guy actually lost his fucking job. Um, you know, it's fucking insane. Uh, and you know, people want to talk about uh, you know white privilege. Uh, both of them were white. Uh, both women uh, pointed guns at people. Uh, one woman pointed a gun at a hell of a lot more people than the other, uh, but that's got to do with money right there. Uh, like I said, 
fucking, you know, I don't think anything's got to do with white privilege. It's all got to do with wealth privilege. Uh, and there's a big reason why the lawyers weren't charged and that couple was. Uh, and again, you start looking at, um, you know, training, uh, training to different responses. Uh, and it's the kind of the exact same fucking thing. Uh, she stepped out of the van uh, when she was already safely inside her van. Uh, same thing with those people. They were safely inside their home and they stepped outside the home and pointed guns at people. Uh, and then, you know, you had one, you know, end up with no charges and you had one end up with charges. Uh, it's just kind of fucking insane. Uh, crazy times we're living in. And that's why, you know, you should at least take a good concealed carry class and you need to take some sort of legal class in regards to legal repercussions for not even just, pull, you know, shooting your firearm nowadays, but just for brandishing your firearm. Um, and it also, this is something that, interesting that came out that I didn't hear, you know, I still don't hear very often. Um, but the woman that actually stepped out of the van and pulled the gun on the woman that was recording them, uh, she was pregnant. Uh, does that say something else that maybe, you know, not only was she in fear for her life and her husband's life because, you know, those women were not allowing her to get in the van and then they weren't allowing the van to leave, but also she was in fear for her unborn child's life. Who knows? Uh, it's just an interesting piece of the puzzle that I think, you know, can help people understand what was going through her mind whenever she did what she did. Uh, you know, being a dad of, of two kids, I, I can fucking understand that. Even when my kids weren't born, uh, I still, you know, greatly feared for their safety in the womb. Uh, so that's just something that is hasn't been said a whole lot of, and I think it's an interesting perspective uh, that is not being told a whole lot of, and I think it should. Uh, let's go on and get into our next story with uh, that being all wrapped up. Uh, this comes to us from Ameland, and it was published on July 6th. The Colorado Supreme Court upholds a 2013 magazine banned. And this came to us, uh, again, like I said, from Ameland, and uh, this is pretty interesting uh, in regards to the Colorado uh, large capacity magazine ban. In Colorado, you're only allowed to have, I think it's, uh, 15 rounds. So if you have an AR-15 magazine, it's only supposed to be limited to 15 rounds. But you know, a lot of people are getting around that with uh, magazine repair kits to, you know, quote unquote repair magazines that were purchased before the band uh, and shit like that. Uh, and this was uh, brought to you by several different gun organizations uh, in Colorado. And uh, this is something that's kind of interesting, and I'm actually going to uh, just kind of uh, say where I got this information from. Uh, it was in, came to uh, from Sean Heron at the Firearms Radio Network. He's actually based out of Colorado. Uh, so if you want some more about this, go check out We Like Shooting. Um, they're, you know, besides to a lifestyle, my favorite uh, uh, gun podcast that's out there. Uh, but I definitely kind of rely a little bit more on what he said because he's, you know, boots on the ground kind of person out there and he knows what was going on. But uh, these people only challenged the law solely under the Colorado Constitution. Uh, and the Colorado Supreme Court, uh, therefore, you know, they've shot it down. And because they've only challenged it solely under the Colorado Constitution and not the U.S. Constitution, uh, they have no further avenues of approach in trying to get this up to a federal appeals court uh, or to the United States Supreme Court. And that is a fuck up on their end uh, because this took seven years uh, for them to get this all the way up to the Colorado Supreme Court and they fucked it up and because they challenged it only solely under the Colorado Constitution they have no more avenues of approach in regards to trying to challenge this ban so basically all the money that they've spent all the resources that they spent in regards to this challenge uh, it's just pissed down the drain they have no more avenues of approach on trying to appeal this to a higher court uh, because it was only on the Colorado Constitution and not the US Constitution uh, so fuck them, uh, you know, 
th- that's a huge fuck up on their part. Uh, it was Rocky Mountain Gun Owners was the uh, the main complainant in regards to this. Uh, they fucked up royally. Uh, sorry, Colorado. Uh, you know it sucks that you guys are still gonna have to keep going on in, in regards to dealing with that bullshit magazine limits that you're gonna have out there. Next article comes to us from Range 365. This was published on June 29th, uh, and this is something else that I'm going to post on uh, my social media because, with the pandemic buying that's going on, uh, fucking uh, ammunition is damn near non-existent. And with that, uh, something that I'm starting to get back into that I've been into for a long time, but I've just been kind of in and out of it. I'm not dedicated into uh, reloading as some people are uh, is talking about building a good reloading bench and that's something that I think every gun owner gets into at some point in time Uh, you know reloading is a huge part of uh, developing your farms enthusiasm as I like to say uh, because you just, I mean, if you're like me, you just like to know how all kinds of different shit works. Uh, you know, I cast my own bullets, I powder coat them, uh, you know, I do the whole, the whole fucking, you know, nine yards. And I've, uh, when Emma became cheap again, I stopped reloading, but I still kept all my reloading stuff. Uh, I still got a reloading bench out in my gun room. And I still got like two or three huge kitty litter uh, buckets full of just tire weights. Uh, and that's what I primarily use uh, when casting my bullets. And then I got uh, huge uh, Tupperware containers full of just uh, shell casings uh, that I pick up at the range uh, when I'm shooting. Or uh, if I see somebody leave and they don't pick up their brass after themselves, I'll pick up the brass to not only help out the range, uh, but I go through and keep what I am going to reload, and then I keep other stuff, and I trade that brass to other reloaders uh, for brass that I do use. Uh, it's just, you know, reloading is a huge community uh, in the gun community itself. Uh, it's almost like a little sub-niche that there is out there. And, uh, you know, right now uh, you can save money reloading because... Uh, you're either going to be not buying any ammunition at regular prices is what they were before the pandemic, or you're going to be paying out the fucking ass uh, for a box of 9mm. And there is absolutely no 9mm to be had, basically, out there unless you are buying uh, expensive defensive ammo. Uh, even for my own uh, law enforcement agency, I'm trying to purchase three cases of 9mm uh, for a firearms class that I have coming up. And uh, it's been on back order for a month already so far. So, I, you know, I can't hold a firearms class because, you know, I can't get any 9mm ammunition in. Uh, so that's an issue that we're having. So uh, reloading is a great thing. It's a great um, zen kind of thing that I, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, I don't have any of the huge fancy Dillon equipment. Uh, and if you're getting into reloading, you don't have to, to invest in, you know, like a, a $800 or $900 Dillon uh, 650 press or anything like that. Uh, I actually have Lee reloading equipment. That's all I have just because I'm not, you know, uh, Trump rich. I'm not, uh, you know, wealthy like that. And you can get into it pretty cheap. Uh, with Lee or even Hornady. Uh, Hornady makes really good reloading presses. Most uh, gun stores have Hornady as well, uh, reloading presses when you go there. There's also single stage, there's progressive, uh, there's turret style uh, reloading presses. You know, there's a whole bunch to it, and we'll probably have an episode dedicated uh, strictly to just reloading. Uh, since I'm going to be in quarantine myself for two weeks, that's probably one that I'll have a bonus episode out in between here and there. Uh, so that way you guys can learn a little bit about reloading. Uh, now, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of reloading uh, formulas and shit like that because everything's a little bit different. Uh, you know, always go with what's published lows, especially if you're a beginner. Uh, some of the, the 
the master reloaders that you want to call them, whatever you want to fucking call them, uh, they are really good at coming up with their own loads and doing what they do. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, you don't have to start off with a big expensive bench. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to have that out there. Uh, and a bench is, could be simple as just a piece of plywood uh, with uh, some 2x4s uh, as the uh, legs. Uh, or you can get a really nice, uh, like, tool bench. Uh, I got one from Lowe's. That's their Husky brand. Uh, and that's what I use for my reloading. It's got plenty of space for all my different components uh, and all that kind of good shit. Next article comes to us from Recoil. And this is pretty interesting. Uh, and its title is Battlebox has a Netflix series, Southern Survival. And this was published on July 6th. This is something that's pretty cool uh, that Netflix has just put out uh, just around the holidays. Uh, basically what it is is Battlebox, you know, those monthly subscription boxes that you can do. Well, they got their own Netflix series, and they're testing survival gear on there. Uh, you know, this is pretty interesting. They have some outdoor stuff, and if you are a gun guy, I'm sure you like outdoors, outdoorsy shit. Uh, so this is just kind of them just, you know, fucking off and, and testing stuff inside their, uh, you know, that they use inside their BattleBot subscriptions. Uh, so that's pretty fucking cool. Next article comes to us from guns.com. This is published on the 6th as well. Uh, Congress looking to ban ghost gun machinery. Now, this is, of course, going to be coming from the House of Representatives. So, currently, before the election, there's a slim chance in hell this will pass the Senate, and even more slightly less of a chance in hell, uh, you would think, of getting signed by President Trump. But Democrats have... Uh, created a measure called Stop Home Manufacture of Ghost Guns Act of 2020, which would ban ownership of what the bill terms as firearms manufacturing device unless the tool is in the hands of a federally firearms license maker or a businesses that produces such machines for use by FFLs. Now, basically, this is uh, obviously going after CNC machines, uh, but also desktop milling machines like ghost gunner cells. Uh, but also, this could be used—you know—it could be done, you know, used for a lot of shit. It could be used for just a, a like a uh, milling machine that you get from Harbor Freight if you use it to, um, you know, finish 80% lowers uh, AR-15s. Uh, that's something that can be used against it, and you could go to jail. Uh, but that's some bullshit. Uh, obviously, I don't think this has a chance of hell in passing before the election. Uh, but after the election, if uh, Democrats take control, that's it's going to be a real possibility. This next article comes to us from care11.com, uh, and the title goes, Minnesota Updates Driver's Manual Specific Guidance on Firearms. The changes were suggested by Valerie Castile, mother of Philando Castile, who was shot by an officer during a traffic stop. Now, obviously, uh, this happened in Minneapolis, where there's already a lot of shit going on in regards to George Floyd, uh, but the Minnesota Driver's Manual now states that if you are carrying a firearm and you are pulled over, uh, you are to keep your hands on the steering wheel as the officer approaches, let the officer know that they have a fi firearm, and to tell the officer the firearm's location. Drivers are not advised to reach around inside the vehicle or get out of the vehicle unexpectedly or approach officers. Uh, I just thought this was interesting just because of the fact that Philando Castile, uh, he was killed, obviously, uh, wrongly, in my opinion in regards to him uh, reaching for his license. He was giving uh, mixed signals by the law enforcement that were pulling him over, and he unfortunately lost his life because of it, and he did so on Facebook Live because his girlfriend who was driving uh, decided to broadcast it all to everybody. Because of that, that is what's going on in Minnesota now. You have something to look forward to there if you're getting a driver's license in Minnesota. This was published yesterday by BPR.org, and what its title is, is Asheville Police Charged Three Men for Bringing Firearms to Black Lives Matter Demonstration. Now, this isn't what you see a lot of the people armed in 
demonstrations. This was actually a counter protest in regards to three men that were carrying uh, firearms in a counter protest against Black Lives Matter. Now, APD, which is Asheville Police, uh, stated they did not arrest the men at the time in order to f uh, further avoid further escalation, uh, and they stated that they violated a North Carolina general statute, which is weapons at parades, etc., prohibited. <coughs> now, damn near every state has a statute like this. Uh, on just and actually the article states the statute has been in, not been enforced other events in the state so obviously Asheville PD is being selective on who they charge uh, but they are charging these three men in regards to this statute now this is something that is I think a little odd uh, because as the article states it has not been enforced at other events in the state there have been various other demonstrations in North Carolina where people have <coughs> Excuse me. Have carried firearms, uh, but they have not charged anybody except for these three guys. So uh, I wonder if there's a little more to the story that they're not talking about. I wonder if possibly maybe that they were uh, threatening people, were they pointing guns at people uh, to intimidate them? Who knows? They don't mention it, uh, but I'm curious in regards to if if they were charged just simply for having guns at a counter demonstration uh, will you know organizations maybe such as the NRA the FPC the GOA will they try and give some sort of legal defense in regards to them carrying firearms at a gathering uh, when nobody else was charged uh, who knows we shall see and the final story in the main segment we're going to be talking about, and this is just kind of a fun little goof uh, story. This comes to us from Ballistic.com, uh, and this was published on June 15th. This is a $14 million Montana mega mansion for sale. has an indoor shooting range. That's pretty fucking cool. As if 30,000 square feet with a theater and a bowling alley weren't enough, a mega mansion for sale in Billings, Montana also features an indoor shooting range. Uh, the videos to this, or the, the photos to this house, uh, is fucking in, insane. Uh, it is huge. It's got like a little fucking castle tower just sticking out of the fucking roof of one of the main parts of the house. Uh, it's like a, you know four stories tall. Uh, it's in the shape of a U. It's got two separate pools. Uh, it's you know fucking insane. But it, like I said, what's really fucking cool is it looks like it's got a really nice state of the art indoor shooting range just a single lane uh, and uh, it's electronic you know it's not like got the little switch that you just flip up and down uh, it's an electronic shooting lane it's got a little uh, TV up there so that way you could probably run different drills uh, different um, distances shit like that uh, but for 14 mil so if you have that uh, why don't you just fucking go ahead and sign on to my patreon and give me some of that money that you're gonna spend on that fucking 14 mil if you got that kind of money to, to, to spend. Well, that's gonna be in the main segment, and with that, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor, Cold War Concealment. If you haven't already, check out our sponsor, coldwarconcealment.com. They also have a Facebook and Instagram at Cold War Concealment. Uh, they are a generous sponsor to the show. They make Kydex holsters. They just released their line of outside the waistband holsters uh, that we uh, discussed in our product news and reviews a few episodes back. We've had Cliff on the show. Uh, Cliff is a great guy. Uh, he makes some amazing shit. Uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I haven't been able to use the outside the waistband holster lately since the review uh, just because of one fucking thing or another. Uh, I haven't actually been to the range since then, so that's fucking piss poor on me. But since I have the COVID, maybe it's a good thing that I'm not fucking spreading that shit around. But I appreciate Cliff being a sponsor. I appreciate Cold War Concealment. They have amazing stuff. 
Uh, I just was looking today on his uh, social media. He's shipping out a shit ton of holsters. So if you ordered one, be looking out for that tracking number. And go ahead and check them out and show them your support and let them know that you appreciate them supporting the show. And with that, let's go on getting into the product I'm news and reviews. with the roof off, rolling up with all my friends. Cause I've been on the grind like Tony and we 24 deep, taking shots like Kobe. Mama told me slow down, she know I'm going in now. I live a rock star lifestyle. Mama told me slow down, she know I'm going in now. I live a rock star lifestyle. Nevertheless, I remain the truth. Got VBS on my chain of pool. Can't set up for less. Make major moves. I broke them all, but I made the pros. Go to war with the stars and the beta suit. Let me shout out. All right, let's start getting into the product news and reviews. And with that, we're going to be talking uh, one review and some news that's coming out. The first one uh, is a news. It's actually brought to us by Amoland. It was published on the 7th. And it states Tasmanian Tiger TT Headrest IFAC receives silver score. Now this is pretty interesting. Tasmanian Tiger is a tactical nylon of products distributed exclusively uh, by Pro Force Equipment, uh, and they received a 4.24 out of 5 from the National Tactical Officers Association Member Tested and Recommended Program. Uh, and basically, all this is is a personal IFAC that attaches to the headrest of a vehicle. Now, I thought this was pretty cool and pretty interesting, just because of the fact that most times when you're going to have an IFAC, you're going to be using it uh, in case of like a car accident or something like that. Uh, you know, very rarely are you going to be shot. Hopefully, you don't get shot, but if you are and you are near your car, you can use this, but most people are going to use IFACs in case of like car accidents and things of that nature. So that this being attached to the headrest is pretty cool. Uh, it's $45 of the MSRP, uh, getting it from Tasmanian Tiger USA. Uh, it's, you know, just, it's got the very basic, uh, you know, stuff inside of it. Go check it out at Tasmanian Tiger. This next thing comes to us uh, also from Amoland, uh, and it states Meprolite introduces its FT Bullseye pistol sight to the HLS and Leo market. Now, this is uh, kind of interesting. I've looked at several Meprolite sites, uh, haven't bought any, haven't tested any out except for just handling it at the gun store. Uh, Meprolite is trying to really expand their law enforcement market. Uh, the one Meprolite site that I did see, uh, it was actually at a uh, law enforcement uh, like product store, I guess you could say, uh, where they had it attached to some blue handle Glocks. Uh, and it was interesting. Um, you know, they're kind of, you know, I guess you could say they're probably a little proud of their shit. Uh, if I remember right, it was like, you know, about 150 bucks for for that one site. Uh, there is no MSRP on this, uh, but they are again marketing a little bit more towards the law enforcement side. It's a little bit different than other Metro Light sites that I've seen, um, but the ones that I've seen look like they could. You know, work really well. It just would take a lot of training to get used to that style site. Uh, so if you want to go check that out, this next one is actually really fucking cool. I thought this was a great idea, especially when I was talking earlier about top uh, 10 firearms being sold so far in 2020. This comes to us from the Farms blog, and this was posted yesterday. MLock Red Dot Sight Mounts from Marlin and Ruger from Midwest Industries. Uh, now, this is something that you need to go take a look at the pictures to really get the full benefit of what this would do for you if you had one of those type of PC carbines. Now, these Red Dot Sight Mounts only work with Midwest Industries four ends for those particular type of uh, firearms. Uh, it is a new type of M-Lock red dot sight mount and it basically it attaches uh, to the side of their M-Lock rail and then it attaches above the rail to the side of the red dot sight. Uh, so it is, but now the, the cool thing about it is it's only MSRP, I think it was like uh, 39, yeah, 39.95, um, and it is, uh, you know, gives the site a great look. It gives it, uh, looks like it's sturdy as shit. Doesn't have to worry about, if, especially if you have some of the big bore calibers uh, on that particular, 
your liver action uh, or PC carbine. Uh, you don't have to worry about that being jostled. Uh, but again, it only works with those uh, Midwest, art, uh, Midwest Industries M-Lock handguards. Uh, which those are great handguards anyway. Midwest Industries makes great shit. So I imagine this is going to be fucking awesome and amazing. Uh, this next article, uh, next product is the article is from the Farms blog, and this is I don't know. I think it's a little, maybe a little bit of a flop, uh, but basically new uh, from Fire, uh, Facts and Farms fill-in magazine marker bands, and basically all this is it looks like those little you know fucking you know those live strong bracelets that everybody used to wear and everybody you know they have their own fucking bracelet now it looks like one of those kind of bracelets and you just uh write on there what caliber that you have so that way you don't get mixed up between uh 556 or 300 blackout or whatever uh they're sold in 10 packs for ten dollars uh you know they're cheap but you know it just seems like you don't fucking need to spend ten dollars on some dumb shit like that uh, the next one comes to us also from the Farms blog. Now this is that made a huge splash in the market. Uh, this is the Franklin Armory BFS322C1 binary trigger review, and a, this is basically the binary trigger for the Ruger 1022. Uh, and this is this looks pretty fucking sweet. Um, the Farms blog uh, did a review, actual review of it. And it, they didn't have a whole lot of problems except for the actual trigger assembly, um, you know, which Franklin Armory is, they said, is very thorough uh, and make sure it's safe and all that. Uh, but they had some problems in the way the uh, installation went on the 22 that they had. Uh, but they didn't say have any problems with, uh, you know, causing jams from firing fat that you know fast in a binary trigger uh, or anything like that um, Franklin Armory uh, just released these uh, and in regards to price uh, it is going to be $269.99 from Brownells but Brownells is currently sold out not too shocked about that because I'm sure a lot of people with 1022's are buying the shit out of those uh, and this last product in the news is going to be Strike Industries Strike 80 Compact 80% Glock Frame Kit. Now it's kind of like everybody's coming out with their own 80% in regards to uh, these Glock Frame Kits. We talked a couple episodes back about Lone Wolf Industries coming out with their own. Uh, well, Strike Industries has now come out with their own. Uh, it almost makes it look a little bit like a Zev uh, from the frame itself. Uh, it's got a different grip angle, it looks like, than the Poly 80. Uh, it looks like a little bit more traditional grip angle for, to a Glock, uh, but it is pretty aggressive on the front and back of the grip. Uh, it's also got some texture on the sides, uh, and then also it's got that undercut already under the trigger well. Uh, it's a pretty nice looking uh, uh, Glock frame kit. Uh, so go check that out if you're looking at building a Glock and in regards to reviews uh, this is something that I actually got for myself for my travels uh, when I went before I tested positive for COVID uh, when I went and helped uh, some family out in another state and I had to fly back uh, this is actually from Harbor Freight and it is an Apache uh, 4800 weatherproof protective case uh, this is something that I wanted to take with me uh, because obviously you can't fly uh, with a firearm so I had to check in my luggage but I wanted to make sure uh, I had something sturdy enough to carry uh, my holster, my extra magazines, and my firearm. Uh, and this is 60 bucks uh, from Harbor Freight. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about it is it's bright ash yellow. Uh, but basically this is a pelican light case. Um, it comes with the pull-apart foam that's already in cubes. Uh, that was super easy to uh, figure out what I'm going to do, uh, you know, in trying to form what gun, you know, the, my gun shape in there and, and all that other kind of shit. Uh, but what I really liked about this is that it was deep enough that I could uh, put 
put uh, a 21 round magazine for my Sig Sauer standing up inside of it uh, and still you know had enough room and it kept it secure uh, it was super nice uh, you know it protected my farms well enough uh, on the flight back and the check baggage and it was um, you know it was, it was a nice case uh, you know Harbor Freight's always having those 20% off coupons uh, so you can actually get this for around 50 bucks with tax uh, you know Pelican is a great brand it's been around they're kind of like the the marker for these kind of cases uh, but obviously tons of people are coming out with their own brands and their own types of shit on what they're doing uh, with those kind of weatherproof uh, protective cases and Apache is uh, Harbor Freight's uh, you know kind of cheap brand uh, and like I said I just got this just because I needed something I needed a good hard case uh, in regards to uh, using it for checked in baggage for my firearm when I was coming back home and this did wonderful uh, you know put the little uh, TSA approved lock on one of the, the uh, sides there uh, and it it worked great so uh, if you're looking for something like that, and they also at Harbor Freight had a, a ton of different other sizes. Uh, this wasn't the only size. Uh, they had different colors in those different sizes. Most of them were black, uh, but for the particular size that I wanted, this one only came in fucking yellow. Uh, but I will say it was easy as shit to find it uh, when it was time to roll out in the checked-in uh, claim, you know, to claim a baggage. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the gun culture segment and start wrapping this shit up. Did somebody, did somebody break your heart? Looking like an angel, but you're savage, love. When you kiss me, I know you don't get two fucks, but I still want that. In this segment of the gun culture, we're going to be talking about a movie that just was released on Netflix, so you will have a good chance to watch it, and the movie is Swordfish. Now, if you don't remember what this movie is about, this was actually Hugh Jackman's, one of his first big movies in the United States. It had John Travolta. It also had Halle Berry and Don Cheadle. It was a full star fucking cast. Uh, and if you don't remember, I will always remember that the reason... Uh, that I probably like this as a kid is because Halle Berry showed her boobs in it. Uh, but it also had a lot of great guns in it. It was a big movie where John Travolta was a terrorist and Hugh Jackman had to help him uh, be his hacker uh, trying to do terrorist shit. And uh, Hugh Jackman ended up being the hero in the movie and John Travolta... Uh, ended up, you know, dying as the bad guy. But some of the handguns in there were pretty cool. They obviously had a Beretta 92 FS, a H&K USP, a Beretta Cougar, a Sig Sauer P220 Sport, which is pretty interesting, uh, a Walther PPKS, uh, Smith and Wesson 5906, and a Glock 17. Now, what also is pretty interesting as well is that they had the H&K M&P5 A2 and A3, but they also had an H&K Oomph, uh, which you didn't really see a whole lot of early in those days, but you know, a whole lot of HKs in there. Uh, you also had an M16 A2. You had an H&K G36, of course. Uh, this is interesting. They had a... Uh, ZMLR 300, which is an AR-styled rifle, uh, but it was uh, supposed to run flawless with bank uh, blanks, but uh, it was only carried by one guy. The M16 Evolution can later be identified uh, as a flat-top receiver in fully folding skeleton stock. That's pretty cool. They also had uh, FN Minimi. Uh, they had a Remington 700. Uh, Remington 700 PSS, and then they had a tactical RPG mocked up Type 69, uh, which is what fucking Hugh Jackman uses to shoot down, I think, a helicopter in the movie. Uh, something else that was cool in regards to that FN uh, Mini Me is you see John Travolta uh, carrying it, some bitch by the hip, uh, and he's shooting it from a fucking sports car. 
so that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of good action scenes in this movie. Uh, check it out on Sword uh, Swordfish on Netflix. And with that, let's start wrapping up the show. I've been serving fiends all day out there posted with the gang, nigga. We was taught to get it off the block. It's a hundred bands in the safe. Now I got expensive taste. Mike and Mary Jeans, fill them up with knots. I've been on my grind every day. Don't believe in taking breaks. I ain't stopping till we chillin' at the swerving on the E-way. Don't care if I crash and it's cool. Shit, I'm thinking about too real, might lose my mind and it's cool. Can't realize how well, I want to appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I, again, apologize that it's a little late, uh, but not feeling well because of the COVID and then having uh, helped uh, some family on doing some other shit. Uh, but it is released. I hope my coughing wasn't too terrible. Uh, and I appreciate uh, you guys in listening to another episode. Again, couldn't do this show without you guys. And go ahead and check out our social media. Uh, we have uh, Facebook. It's the number 2A Lifestyle. On Instagram, we are two spelled out. That's T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Uh, we also have that Patreon. Go ahead and support us on Patreon if you can. Any support you can give us, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, so Patreon at 2A Lifestyle Podcast. And also, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can also help us out by hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a review. It is the best way for people to find gun-related content whenever they're looking for gun podcasts. And also, we're just going to give another shout-out to our sponsor, Cold War Concealment. If you please go ahead, check out our uh, sponsor, Cold War Concealment, at coldwarconcealment.com. Uh, or check him out on social media at Cold War Concealment. He makes some amazing Kydex holsters. Uh, they, he's not going to you know, rape your wallet whenever you're wanting to look for that holster that you need. So check him out. And if you are a business and you want to sponsor us, reach out to us at 2alifestyle.mail.com. And we'd be happy to get another partnership and have some more great sponsors added to this show. But with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap this shit up and be looking out for a bonus episode while I'm stuck in quarantine for two weeks and keep enjoying that 2A lifestyle. Shit, you running your lips. Hold on, this